Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Alive Church, Orange County. To find out more information about Alive Church, please visit alivechurchoc.org. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platform by typing in Alive Church OC. Let's give God a clap offering. Please have a seat. It's so good to be back. Um, you know, last time I came and then the pandemic hit and we've been all locked up. So this is the first time I've been back to the U.S. since, um, I think, 2019, 2020. So it's so good to be back. And really, uh, Pastor Derek, Pastor Susan, uh, they've been a very important part of my life. Uh, even during the pandemic, I would always actually call Pastor Derek ever so often just to get input, just to understand the unctions of the ministry. You know, I, I mean, I've been asking him questions for the last 20 years. Yeah, it, it used to be in the guest room where I'll ask him about how to build the church. I'll ask him how to run the church and, and all and even to do ushering. You know, I would watch on the side how he would do the ushering, how he would do the security. And really, it's been 20 years. They've been imparting into my life, helping me, guiding me, and just to be able to see the apostolic mantle that is on this church where you guys are moving into Brazil, Australia, into Asia. I mean, things are happening. And so uh, it, it is really my honor to be here, to be sharing on this platform, because for me, it is really an honor to be here. Thank you very much. And um, so today, uh, I just want to share from the Word of God. It's, and I want to ask, are you ready? You know, it, it, uh, from the video, it just said, you know, are you ready? And, and so today... From the word of God, this is what it says. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of the virgins were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish ones took their lamp, they did not take extra olive oil with them. But the wise ones took flask of olive oil with their lamp. When the bridegroom was delayed a long time, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, the bridegroom is here. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there won't be enough for you and for us. Go instead to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. Let's pray. Lord, please speak to us. Lord, speak to us in a mighty way. Your rhema word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, you know, I, I think we all have heard this parable. The ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. But I want you to first of all take a look at something very important. It said that all of them had some oil from the beginning. But then the foolish ones did not have enough. So what it is actually speaking for all of us to remember right now is this. We all start at the same point. But, but have you realized, since your church started 10 years ago, some people started, but some people, they left. Right? You know, we all start together, but it is the people who are prepared. They prepare the extra oil. They prepare that little extra. Because, you know, in the beginning, we can all run together. And it's all good when the light is out, when the sun is bright. But the problem comes, it is later on when you're drowsy, when you're tired, when it's the same thing every single day. It is hard to be alive. But you are alive. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It is hard. I mean. Honestly, for three of you, it is hard to be awake right now, right? I mean, it is hard. It is time for the drowsiness hit. And then, you know, then the time comes when you have to arise, when you have to be prepared. And, and then the saddest thing is then you realize you're missing something. And so the Bible says here that they were missing some oil. 
So where does oil come from? Well, in this version, I already told you, it's from the olive. So the oil that comes from the olive, you have to know that it comes in two steps, right? I mean, the olive, the first of all, you have to understand that the olive has to be crushed. I mean, if the olive is not crushed, the oil can never come out. But, but I mean, the olive, if you think about it, right, the olive by itself doesn't have to be crushed. But the only purpose will be for pizza or martini. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, I mean, you don't have to be crushed. But then you only show up in 007 movies. Right? Right? And that's it. There's not a lot of value because we don't like to be crushed. But you have to be crushed for the value to come out. Right? There has to be a crushing. And, 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 and what, is this, what is this shell that we have? You see, if you really think about it, according to the Bible, all right, I mean, from 2 Corinthians, the, for, from 2 Corinthians, it, it says that, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So these are strongholds. So, so these shells are strongholds. I mean, but what is a stronghold? It, it, it says that the strongholds are to bring every thought into captives to be the obedience of Christ. All right, so here's the thing. What is this shell? This shell is very basically, basically it's your habits. Right? It, it, it's what you're used to. And, and we, we keep on thinking that this is normal. This is who I am. This is how I am. But that's not how it works. It, it's really interesting. You know, I, I, every single morning I wake up really early to go out to pray. And then as I'm walking around Irvine, I know who's Asian. The houses. I know which house belongs to an Asian. Do you know how I know? Right? Because just by walking by the house, I can tell by the trees that's there. Because all these Asians, they plant trees from their homeland. All right? So I can see, I mean, because you have to be from Asia to recognize these trees. So as I'm walking, I go, hey, guava. See, there's no guava in California because guava doesn't really grow well here. It has to be a very humid environment, but there's a guava tree, Asian, right? And then I'm walking, I go, hey, mango, Asian. And then here's another tree, definitely Asian, dragon fruit. And only you can, I mean, Asians can recognize the dragon fruit because you know that it's not a cactus. It looks like a cactus, but it's actually dragon fruit. So you realize that even though they are in California, but their habit is, oh, I want guava. I know I can laugh at them, but I look at my life, it's the same. You know, if you ask me, what is Chinese food, right? I will tell you, the best Chinese food is Panda Express. <laughs> you know, because that's what I grew up with. And so for me, the lost province of China is in the south of California. And that is actually a lost dialect of Chinese. <laughs> right? And it's these habits. And, and, you know, we're thinking, you know, what's the big deal? Hey, pastor, you know, habits are habits. It's not a big deal. Right? You see, a brick does not make up of a building, but a building is make up of bricks. So every single habit is like a brick. But then every single brick, once you have enough, it becomes a building. So enough habits, enough ideas, 
it becomes a building and that becomes the stronghold. Right? So it's like one connected to another. And our problem is we are actually being invited into a new kingdom to have new habits, to have new ideas, but we're still stuck in the old. So, so, so you realize, like, hey, you know, Saturday we're going to have in-person prayer, right? But then you're going, but that's when I go to pubs. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to pubs, but I'm saying maybe you need to have a new habit. And, and, and our problem is we want things to be now. So, you know, we want to go to a conference and then we want to become an apostle the next day. <laughs> right? And, and, you know, because for us Asians, we watch too many Asian movies and we think that there is magic in the touch. So supposedly the transference of that power. So one touch and boom, you got it. You know, maybe it's the Harry Potter wand. One touch, you get the power. But, but that's not what happens. And so I really like the Atomic Habits. The book tells you that you just need to have 1% change every single day. And, you know, if you do have 1% change within one year, it's 38 times the power. So 38 times, it's not 38%. It's 38 times. That's actually 3,800%. If you just change 1% every single day. So I tell my people, I, I, I tell my people this. You want to have victory, and we keep on thinking that we're failures because our mindset is telling us, oh, we're, we're no good, we're failures, we can't succeed. You see, every single day, we're actually always living in victory. For example, biggest and the most important thing that you need to do every single day you might never have thought of this but it's called waking up yeah you think it's important don't you think it's important don't you think it's a great victory to be awake to be alive right you are alive and you are awake. That's victory. Yeah, or else you're dead. Right? And that's not your church. Right? You're not the dead church. And so I keep on thinking that. So in our mind, there are different strongholds. You can pretty much break it down into four areas. Right? There's four types or, or four areas of stronghold. The four areas is basically, you know, number one, it's fear. And, and you realize that people just have these abnormal fears. You could have confusion. They're always confused. They can never get things right. There's another type of stronghold, the anger. They're like Eric Banner all the time. <laughs> or there's despair. And actually, this is what's plaguing society right now. These four things, the fear the anger, the despair, the suicide rate. The, the, that's why people are going into alcohol. That's why people are go doing drugs. That's why people are saying, hey, you know, we should legalize marijuana. And they, they actually did a research recently. Um, they've been studying for PTSD in the military that they are now trying to use LSD to help people get out of PTSD. Because if they can use LSD, they can bring them into ecstasy or into a spiritual realm where they can get out of depression. I mean, they do have some truth in it. But the truth is, you don't need LSD to go into the spiritual realm. Yeah? But you see, when you take God out of the equation, you have to use drugs. And that's why people are stuck in this. And, and we don't like to be broken. But you see, 
broken is not a bad thing. As a wild stallion, I mean, that's, that's all it is. But for a wild stallion to be broken, then it becomes a battle horse. And, and, and so that's what we are, aren't, isn't it? Instead of just a wild stallion. Well, you, know, you have to be a certain age all of a sudden. I'm thinking of Keanu Reeves. All right, but that's okay. All right, you're thinking, why? All right, why wild stallion, Keanu Reeves? That's okay. All right, but uh, yeah, but all right. So you have to break it. You, but after breaking the olive comes the pressing, right? And it is the pressing when all the anointing comes. What is the pressing? Let me use this verse to help you to understand. It says that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, and this is a very interesting verse because it says poor in spirit. What does that mean? Why is it good to be poor in spirit? I am going to use Exodus to explain this. Now, for the Israelites, they've been in Egypt 430 years. They were slaves. So, I mean, they are poor. So, 430 years of no pay. Then all of a sudden, one day, God is sending them out of Egypt. And then everybody from their household, all the Egyptians started giving away everything they had. Remember that? They're saying, hey, hey, you know what? Take my watch. Take my necklace. Take my ring. Take everything. And so you were so poor. You were dirt poor. But then all of a sudden, you got now all the riches. Can you imagine all the Israelites? I mean, they now got all the rings, all the Rolex. All the necklaces. I mean, it's so heavy. They're walking around. They're showing off the bling. Right? And, and, and they're praising the Lord. Say, oh, Lord, thank you for all the blessing. Okay. Number one, let me ask you. Is it a blessing for everything that they got? So you see, all of you are very religious right now. You are afraid of answering that question. And if you do feel that that's actually a curse, I can take away all your curses today at the end of the service, all right? I mean, I don't mind carrying that burden for you. So let me ask you again. Is it a blessing to have all the riches? Yeah? Yeah, come on, let's be honest. It's okay, right? I mean, it's okay to have a Rolex, Unless you're not in debt, right? I mean, if you make all the money, if God blessed you, it's okay. And so all these Israelites, they got all these money. The, the guy finally is driving his boss's BMW. And as he's driving with the Rolex and everything, then oh, I mean, he is so happy, he is so blessed until he hits the Red Sea. Then all of a sudden he realized something. He should have gotten the boat. <laughs> you know, or that jet ski. I mean, but he got the BMW. And the BMW is not going to cross the Red Sea. So all of a sudden he realized the Rolex isn't going to solve the Red Sea. The ring isn't going to solve the Red Sea. The money's not going to solve the Red Sea. Then at this time he sees his boss at the back. Riding a bike, catching up to him to get back his BMW. And then so he realized there's the Red Sea and there's the Egyptians chasing him down. Then all the riches in the world is nothing. And they realize they are poor in the spirit. Right? They're poor in the spirit because they have, they realize. It's good to have all these blessings, but, oh my goodness, I am so poor in spirit. And once I realize I'm poor in spirit, then the kingdom of heaven becomes mine because I realize it is not about getting all the blessings. Because when you meet up with the Red Sea of Cancer, <laughs> 
and you meet up with the relational problems of the Egyptians chasing you down and the bad habits, then you realize everything that you have right now, it does nothing that you need God in your life. You need God in your life. So you're saying, God, I need you. And, and, and the thing about the word blessing in the New Testament, it's called makarios. Now, they use the word makarios because it's actually the name of an island. You can still find that island today because this island is so rich. It's so full of blessing that on this island, you get everything you need, food, shelter, entertainment. Everything is included. It is the carnival cruise, right? I mean, everything is on this island. You never need to leave this island. That's why this island, Makarios, is the synonym for blessing or happiness. And that is the thing about God. You see, when you have God's blessing in your life, you don't need anything else. See, our problem is this. Our problem with success and prosperity, and that's why it seems like a big taboo, that when we talk about prosperity and all of a sudden you go, oh no, John MacArthur is going to whack us. (laughs) Yeah, because prosperity, gospel, and now, now, that is because you have the wrong definition of prosperity. You have the world's definition of prosperity. What is prosperity? Prosperity is actually about connected with God. Because when you have prosperity, your family changes. Right? Because you're connected with God, your family changes. Your relationship changes. And when your relationship changes, your work ethic changes. And when that happens, you realize God's blessing is in your life. And you will prosper in everything that you do. See, prosperity is not about money coming in. Prosperity is about the ability being built up in you. And that only comes through the crushing and through the pressing. But you see, for the olive, the pressing comes in three times. All right, it's pressed three times. The first time, the first press, it's called the extra virgin. All right, and that oil is used for the temple. Then they will put more weights on it. So the more weight comes on it, then that's called the second pressing. So the second pressing, the oil comes out to be used for medicine. Then The third pressing comes. So the third pressing comes down, and then it's used for soap. Now, this is the thing about Christians. We always pray for more anointing. Now, uh, have you ever done that prayer before? All right, let's be honest. Have you ever prayed, oh, Lord, I want more anointing? Have Have you done that prayer? Yeah? Okay, yeah, yeah. So... In our mind, when we say, Lord, I want more anointing, and we have this imagination, it's like a giant shower, and then the anointing comes down like a shower, and then we go, oh, yeah, anointing, woo, woo, I feel it from my head to my toes, you know, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes, and then that's our imagination. So we pray to God, God, I want that anointing. I want the prophetic anointing. I want the apostolic anointing. I want the healing anointing. And then when we make that prayer, and all of a sudden, you feel this pressing. And you go, Lord, what's happening? And God said, I thought you wanted more anointing. He said, yeah. It's that shower that I wanted. But the Lord said, no. The anointing comes from the pressing. And and that's why every single new anointing 
will come new pressure and new pressing. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you look at your church for the last 10 years, everything is about breaking and pressing. I mean, over the last three years during the pandemic, it is a lot of breaking and a lot of pressing. And it is all these things that we face that we're dealing with. So Pastor Derek was sharing about how I took over from my father. And to be honest, I never actually wanted to be the senior pastor. I, I, I've actually always thought that, you know, uh, one day when my father retires, I will leave the church and I'll go do something else. Because I felt that my calling was just to go and serve him and serve his vision. And um, I, I was work doing youth ministry. So as part of the youth ministry, I, I, my gifts and talents were being developed. And I was very good with events. And that, I mean, that's because we both came out from a very event-oriented church. So we're very good with Atmos. I mean, we know when the music needs to come up, when the music needs to go down, and how during praise and worship, we'll turn around. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, we'll, we'll do some of that so that the camera will not see our face. But we'll turn around. Oh, uh, yeah. It didn't get that, but we all got that. Right. We're very good. We know how to do the lightings. We know, okay, come on, just the pad, just the pad. And so we're very good with drama. I was very good. I, I, I love doing dramas. So, you know, Easter drama, Christmas dramas. And one time I was uh, just texting Pastor Derek during Easter. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, uh, rehearsal. Like, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what we do. I was very good. And, you know, and I just felt that's my calling. I'm very good with events. And so for the whole church, it was good. We were in revival. Many people were coming. God blessed us with a very beautiful church. And so, you know, we, we had the lights. We were able to do everything. And as part of the youth ministry, that, that's all I needed. Bring in the youth. And what a thing that I did not have, but it was actually a foundation of our church, was called miracles. Now, every single Thursday, we have a prayer meeting. It's called miracle time. And because we believe that during the prayer meeting, we will all receive miracles. But for me, you know, I was leading the youth. You know, what kind of sickness do they have? <laughs> right? I mean, I don't need healing for youth. All they had were like mental problems. You know, youth, they're all just mental. You know, like, you know, Lord, heal them. They're all psychotic. You know, all right, you know. So I need healing. What do they have? They don't have tumor. They have zits. <laughs> Right, what kind of, I mean, just pop it, right, pop it, Clorox, hell, do something, hell, so, and when, during our prayer meetings, my habit was very simple, it's like, oh, if you, if you need healing, just come to the front, because our pastors will pray for you, come now. And as they come, I will move back because I figure out, you know, they'll take care of it. And I did that for you know many years, all the way till I had to take over the church. So when I took over the church, I was saying to myself, you know, ah, because it's a new day. And it used to be miracle time. But now, since it's a new day, it's the days of Joshua. It's now showtime. <laughs> okay? And I had historical evidence. You see, 
I wasn't just talking. I had historical evidence. With John Alsting was a healing evangelist. But when the son took over, Joe Alsting, he became a preacher of hope. So I was saying to myself, yeah, I'm just like that. I don't need healing. We're okay. We're going to build by doing shows. I took over in August. And everything was fine until October. In the middle of the night, I received a phone call from my mom. So she said, you come over to my house right now. I said, what's happening? Because it's midnight. She said, dad is spilling out blood from his mouth. He's throwing up blood. And when I heard that, I knew exactly what was happening. Because the last part of cirrhosis of the liver, that is when these blood vessels, veins that's inside your esophagus, it will erupt. And then you will either suffocate in your own blood or you will keep on bleeding until you die. So when I heard that, I rushed over. And I got to the house. I saw blood all over the ground. And I saw my dad with blood in his mouth. We grabbed him. I couldn't wait for an ambulance. We had to drive ourselves in the middle of the night, taking him to the hospital emergency room. And as I was driving, I was so conflicted. I knew that I needed to pray for healing. But also at the same time, I knew I had nothing. And so I got him to the emergency room. Tubes all over him. And it was from midnight all the way until the sunrise. As the sun was rising up, I walked out of the emergency room. And I heard a small voice telling me, you are done. The church is now done in your hands. You hypocrite. From now on, there will be no more miracles. That was October. I didn't know what to do. I said to myself, maybe I need to find an anointed pastor to pray for me. And then I will get miracles. So I flew from Taiwan to Texas, hoping to find some answers. And when I got there, I was only there for two days. My board calls me saying, Wayne, fly back now. Dad is not doing well. You, know, you fly back right now. So I flew back after two days in Texas, not catching anything at all. I got back to Taiwan. You know, my, my dad, they, they tried different medicine because they find that the, the liver, hepatitis, the virus was really high. They're, they had to find different medicines to actually get it in control. He was very weak, but he was alive. November, December comes. I mean, that December, we had great meetings. Everybody was saying, wow, pastor, this is amazing. I mean, we had 18,000 people come to church. We had thousands of salvations, hundreds of baptism. So everybody was saying, this is great. But in my heart, I knew this is not what it was supposed to be. It was January. February, in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep. 3 a.m., I would go outside to pray. And I was pray walking. I felt the spirit of death surrounding me. And I could see the lights as I was walking on the street. It was as the spirits were coming around it and all the lights went out. You know, I could see darkness coming, and then all of a sudden I knew, and I started weeping and shaking in the middle of the road. And I had to pray in tongues and start casting out the spirit of death. 
to be able to get up and walk. March, April, the pressure was tremendous. Every single prayer meeting, I stand there and I said, there will be miracles. There will be miracles. But in my heart, I knew I had nothing. It was in June. I was at a meeting. Now, this church was very special. Now, they had a preacher come to Taiwan. And so I was just at this church going there because it was my last straw. I was saying to myself, well, this guy says that he can give the mantle of the apostolic mantle of miracles and healings. I said, okay, this is my last chance. I mean, I don't know what to do. So I was at this church, but this church was special because 20 years ago, 20 years right before, I was at the exact same place. And I was lost. I didn't know what to do with my ministry. And at that time, the preacher on stage saw me. And he prophesied over me. And that's how I started my ministry. But it was at the same place, 20 years later, just like Jacob at Bethel. I was back over there asking for an open heaven. The preacher prayed for me again at the exact same place. They actually tore that hall down, so I told them, I want a piece of that ground. <laughs> and, 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 and I took it. I took a piece of that ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. I took that piece of ground just to always remind me. And as he prayed for me, I felt God telling me, the time is now. Now, you have to understand, I, I do understand and believe that there is power in impartation. But for me, I really believe that it's not about the impartation, but it was also about the eight months pressing that day I went back to church that was Thursday in June I went back to church on Sunday I said God this is my last time at this church if today we don't have miracles I will quit I will not do this anymore so as I stood on stage as we prayed for the people by the grace of God, from that day, four years ago till now, we've been experiencing miracles every single week. It was amazing. And then it was actually during that time I found Pastor Derek, and then we were sharing, and then we were talking uh, 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 about what was happening. That was 2000, I think, no, 2016. 2016 June. So I was back at church. Now, our church, we had a very special miracle that always happens. And it's actually for the growing of the legs. One is long, one is short. And, and then you just pray for them, and their legs grow out. Right? And that was the specialty uh, because um, there was a pastor, uh, American pastor, um, his name i think it's robert something okay but he came to taiwan and he prayed for my dad to say that you will have this anointing and so my dad that's what he does he prayed for people people's leg grow out and so i was thinking okay now that we started having miracles i want him to pray for me so that i could pray for people whose leg is shorter than the other so that you know this is our specialty this is like the chipotle burrito bowl <laughs> you know you you know this is my specialty Right? I mean, you know, how can you have happy grill without the hamburger? Right? In and out and meatless? You don't do that, right? So I, I said, okay, okay, Dad, you know, I want you to pray for me and then pray for us so that we can all have this anointing so that this will not end in our church. And uh, during prayer meeting, and so I told them, so you remember that you pray for us. You remember you do that. All right, so he got on stage, and he still leads the prayer meeting, but because his energy level isn't that high, 
And so he can only do about 15 minutes. So he does 15 minutes on stage, and he's going all out. And he gets tired and worn, so he's tired. He, and you know, I can see that his energy level is going down. But he prayed for everything except that. <laughs> all right? And so he got tired. He got off the stage and handed the mic to me. And once he handed the mic to me, I got on stage and I saw him. He walked out the hall and he went home. He went home. And I was thinking, oh no. I told everybody we're going to pray for this. And then I calculated. You you, you see, this is the the darkness inside pastors' hearts. Very crooked. I mean, because we've been in this business so long, we know how to get out of it. So I was thinking, I calculated, I go, okay, we pray for these people a lot. So most likely there's not going to be a lot of people with this problem. And then, you know, we have 30-something pastors. And so if they come out, everybody prays for one. You know, I don't need to pray for them. And I'll be okay. (laughs) So I said, okay, so all you who have one leg that's shorter than the other, please come out. Oh, my gosh. So many of them came out. I was thinking to myself, what's wrong with you guys? You know, this is the very lame church. You know, there's so many of them. So I, I started counting. I was like, okay, so every single pastor had one. You know, so, so they all got one. And I was like, oh, no. There's still a person there. I have to pray for them. So I had to get down. And here's the thing. Just for some of you guys who see a lot of these, you know, healing debunked, right? You know, the problem with that is they're trying to tell you how you can fake it. But the real way of praying for people like that is this. When you're praying for the legs, first of all, they have to sit on the chair, back against the chair, all right? Then you lift up their leg with their hip cannot move then you'll realize if one is shorter than the other, okay? And then when the way you do it is you don't tug because it's not chiropractic, (laughs) right? I mean, I've seen pastors pray, come out! You know, they're tugging. You don't tug because if you can tug it out, you don't need to pray, right? So I, I, I had to find that one and then, the problem with, wow, that, that person was missing an inch. So I was holding the leg, and I had to start praying. And I was thinking, God, you got to help me. So my prayer was very simple. I said, Lord, help me. Lord, rescue me. Lord, help me. I was praying in Chinese. Jojo, Jojo. I wasn't praying for the person. I was praying for myself. And you know, I was thinking, oh my God. You know, there's 30 of them. I closed my eyes. Lord, rescue me. Help me. Help me. Help me. And then when I opened my eyes, it already grew out. Because it's the power of God. And so, it's really... From that point on, I realized something. It's really the pressing. It's the breaking and it's the pressing. And there's so many times that we really have to break our habits. There's so many times we have to break our mentality. There's so many times we have to break the way that we do things. The way that we praise. The way that we worship. The way that we minister. The way that we come to church the way that we come before God every single day. It's that pressing. And the truth is this. Sometimes we're in a season of barrenness. And we're we're in the season of barrenness. A lot of times, it's just that invitation for you to come into the throne room of God. you, you, You see, for God, He doesn't really want to give you miracles. I know that's shocking. God does not want to give you miracles or blessings. He wants to give you himself. 
He doesn't want you to perform miracles. He wants you to become a vessel for Him. Right? It's not you becoming a man of God, woman of God, where you could have a white jacket and throw around. But it is for you to become that vessel. And how do you be that vessel? By being so close to Him. You know, I love survival videos. And there was one time I saw this video. It's where you can take a Coke can. And as you take a Coke can, you take mud and you rub the bottom. All right? You rub it so much that then you take off the mud. The bottom part is so smoothed out that it becomes this this mirror where you can focus light. And then so once you rub it enough, then what you do is you point it towards the sun. By pointing towards the sun, focusing on the sun, the reflection brings the fire. The Coke can has no power. But the Coke can, after being polished, being pointed at the light, Focus and the reflection of the light it brings the fire. And isn't that what California needs right now? <sighs> My prayer for our church is this. In recent years, we've been praying this prayer. I said, Lord, let my church become a church of nameless people which means I, I want to become a nameless church, which means this. I don't want people to come to church and say, oh, I'm looking for a pastor so-and-so. I don't want that. I don't want people to come and say, oh, you know, I heard that your pastor is very anointed. I don't want that. I want people to come and they will say, I heard that God is here. And anybody who prays for them, there will be miracles. Because isn't that the calling? Isn't that how church is supposed to be? It is for everybody to pray for the sick, to pray for the broken, to pray for the needy, to have miracles happen. And that is what church is about. And that is why we are alive. We are alive in Christ. We are alive in the power. Come on, let's lift up your hands today. We're going to start praying. Pray for that miracle. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. You really have to be ready because remember, if you want that anointing, it's not that warm, fuzzy feeling. So be ready. I mean, you really got to be ready. Because once we start praying, we say, Lord, I want that miracle. I want that anointing. I want that new breakthrough. That's not going to be comfortable. So, I mean, I want to make sure or else you guys are going to want your money back. You're like, hey, this is not what I signed up for. You know, Pastor Derek, you know, that guy, he tricked us. I mean, we are meeting a lot of crap right now. It's all because that guy led us in that prayer. You know, because I promise you right now, if you do this prayer, it's not going to be smooth sailing, but actually it is you facing the storm, but then you know that he's in the boat with you. So I just want to make sure that you're ready. So if that's what you want, you want that new breakthrough, the anointing, the power of miracles to see signs of wonder, just lift up both your hands and let's start praying right now. Come on. 
Listen, I want to just speak to you today because I feel my heart. There's some of you thinking that, hey, you know, wow, it's so good to see Pastor Derek at Brazil. Wow, it's so good that I'm part of this. Wow, because he's the man of God. But I want to tell you today, as I come to you today, I am here to break that lie because your church is a church of apostles. See, none of you believe that. Your church is an apostolic church. That means when you are under this covering, signs and wonders will follow you. It is not just Pastor Derek, Pastor Susan. It is you. You got to believe. You gotta believe because it is not my word, but it is the word of God. So I want you to start visualizing, to see that picture, to see the picture of how you're going to start ministering. You know, praying inside the office area, praying inside the school. You're praying for people. Miracles happening. You're, you're solving people's problem. Yeah, I mean, they're in a difficult situation right now. And you have a plan from God to help them to get, get out of that situation. People coming to you for counsel. People coming to you for wisdom. People coming to you because you have knowledge, guidance. Come and see that picture. Visualize it. Start praying. Start calling it forward. Start speaking it into existence.